Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Since 2013, Bombus has donated over 100 million socks, underwear and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome back to the Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast. Uh, before a massive weekend of Scottish Rugby, Edinburgh making their first trip to the semi-finals of the Pro 14. It is also a big day for the Thistle. We are back recording in person after six months on hiatus. I'm looking in Alan in the eye. How are you, pal? Good, mate. Great to be back. You know, it's it's just so much easier when you can actually see the person we've had there's just too many times over zoom where we were all assuming that someone's going to say something and then you just had this real awkward silence and then we all come in at the same time and talk over each other yeah and it was also just like a real challenge for me to edit it afterwards and yeah also just like, <laughs> and you know some of the sound quality when issues we have when recording remotely we're not you know that technical yes no. so it's good to be back with our old faithful microphone setup plugged straight into our mixer and uh, to be talking about such exciting stuff as a Scottish team in a Pro 14 semi. So obviously we're going to get into that very, very quickly. Um, we are not really going to talk about the dead rubber at Murrayfield last um, weekend. Um, which What did Richard Cockrell say about it? He said it was an average game, full stop. Yeah, I think it was sort of like relatively acceptable. Yeah. Which yeah, is I mean, kind of... It's kind of a fair summary, I think, of the whole of the whole piece. I think if there was one thing to take away from it, it was probably quite a good thing that Glasgow managed to sort of bounce back, get a win, go off on their holidays, you know, with a little bit of positive feeling. Exactly. I've actually got it. It was pretty average full stop. Is that, that's what Cockrell said. Which, again, I do think is actually quite overly overcomplimentary. I think that's better than it was, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if anything, potentially the worst game of the, the season, I would say. Could have been, yeah. Certainly the worst of the 1872s, which is saying something. Yeah, I mean, it historically, probably falling into like the bottom quartile, but 
of this year, definitely the bottom of the four. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, but we are looking on to bigger and better things. Edinburgh, obviously, welcoming um, Ulster to BT Murrayfield on Saturday night. So, we're going to talk an awful lot about that. The teams have just dropped online, so we're going to be reacting to that. But in other news, um, new Scotland kit. Alan, what do you think? I think on the whole, positive. You know, it's happy to see the um, the white shorts, which yeah. is just that's just that's just your number one go to, right? If the white shorts are there, you're already kind of in the in the big plus column. Exactly, yeah. Collar, good, and then gold trim a little bit. I'm not sure. I'm I'm just I get why they have it. They want to make it look slightly different, but I'm just not a big fan of it. I think it sort of stands out a bit too much in what is a very classic Scotland kit. Yes, agree. and I think the the marketing bump said that you know they wanted to commemorate the 150th anniversary of the first Scotland international or the first game of rugby. Yes, and I just think you know you could have commemorated that without putting gold on it. Yeah, you could have put like a little thing on the back saying like 150th or something. Exactly, or just like weaved it into the material somehow. I just exactly. think the gold is like it, it's not a traditional Scottish color in any way. Still waited well. Lines rampant. That's a good point, actually. I hadn't thought about that. But uh, I'm still waiting to hear why the gold commemorates the 150th game. Like, I, I get that it's the 150th anniversary, but to your point, why the why the gold? Why not something that's specific sl- specific to that match? Yeah, and the the gold, as um, some people have pointed out on social media, the gold. In the sort of like the gusset of the shorts, <laughs> does look like a piss stain oh, a little bit. One hundred percent. After a, a piss stain, after like a Barocca or like a sort of a, <laughs> a very sort of strong vitamin C tablet. Yeah, just sort of like really low levels of water consumption for the last twenty four hours. Yeah, exactly. It's quite like an aggressive <laughs> thing beneath the shorts, but. But then, yeah, no, it'd be interesting. I wonder if, like, I know obviously Scotland. Scotland won the first international match. Yes, and to my knowledge, they didn't win a gold medal. Maybe that's, or maybe they wore gold back in the day, and that's what it is. If anybody does know, please do write to us. Um, yeah. The thistle rugby at gmail.com. The uh, mailbag is always open. Other ways you can get in touch with us, obviously on Twitter at thistle rugby pod, or on Instagram thistle underscore rugby underscore pod. You can also now subscribe to the only newsletter that cares about Scottish rugby. Um, so that's in its second week now. Um, and thanks very much, Red. Um, a thousand people this week have now um, sort of signed yeah. up to be reading it. So we're really, really chuffed that so many people are, are out there and, uh, and enjoying it. So please do get onto either on our Twitter, you can find it, or if you type into Google, it's a, it's a program called Substack, S-U-B-S-T-A-C-K, yes. and then search for Thistle Scottish Rugby Pod, and you'll get us in your inbox every Monday giving us our, our sort of take on Scottish rugby. I was getting sort of mild abuse for poor grammar. Matt from his um, from his sun lounger in Greece was his sub editing was quite savage, wasn't it? Yeah, it's uh, it was a brutal. I sort of woke up Monday morning to just sort of abuse in terms of you know, <laughs> essentially because of are you dyslexic? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was very nice to you know we could start the week by tidying up your grammar, and then um, no, it's it great nice. to see it landing very well with you. So as I say, Substack, Thistle, Scottish Rugby Pod, or um, it's on our socials as well. So Instagram or Twitter, connect through there. So um, other bits and pieces of news. Um, let's just touch on this really, really quickly. The Southern Kings have dropped out of the Pro 14. 
So I guess it's the Pro 13 finals, the semi-finals that Edinburgh are playing in this um, weekend. And there's news of the well, four other South African franchises possibly joining? Yes. Well, the S- Southern Kings have withdrawn. And then less than 24 hours later, the Pro 14 announced that there would just be no matches with South African opposition until yes. 2021 at the earliest. So that's them kind of out, out of out of everything until at least sort of January. But then there's also now been this, um, obviously now South Africa are kind of looking, the South African Rugby Union are looking at what they're going to do now that it's pretty clear that from a club perspective, New Zealand and Australia, no matter what they do, aren't going to be involving the South African teams. Yeah. So I guess they're probably speaking to the powers of B at the Pro 13 and seeing whether there's any way for them to kind of get those teams into that competition. Yeah. How do you feel about that? I mean, obviously, the, the teams we're talking about, we're talking about the Bulls, the Stormers, um, and who are the other two? Bulls, the Stormers, Sharks. Lions and Sharks. Lions and Sharks, who are, I suppose, probably on paper of a higher quality than the Cheetahs and certainly of the Kings. Oh, yeah, 100%. So in terms of rugby quality, it would be a better addition than the two sides have been so far. Yes. But do you, are you concerned that... You know, we see a similar thing that happened in Super Rugby, that these games just, they don't have a lot of meaning. There's not a lot of sort of rivalry between the Sharks and Connet, for example. Um, And it would just reduce the product in the eyes of the spectator. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's part of me that finds the idea of having kind of a Khaleesi-led Stormers team coming over to Edinburgh as a pretty sort of attractive proposition. Yeah. And actually, to be fair, the Sharks and the Lions are both relatively sort of strong teams. I wonder whether there'll be almost something similar to what we saw with the Cheetahs and Kings, where there's almost like that one season bump of excitement, and then actually you just kind of get less and less interested. And I think that probably happened on both sides. Mm-hmm. I imagine there isn't people in Durban who are screaming out for the Dragons. Yes, that's probably true. So it's... That was kind of an interesting one. I wonder whether it, it feels like the best scenario, potentially not financially, but from a rugby perspective, is they have their local Curry Cup competition and then they play in the European or whatever it would then be named, like the European Cup. So you then have teams from South Africa, England, France, Wales, Ireland, Scotland and Italy all competing in that kind of almost like Champions League-esque tournament. Which could be very nice. Yeah, and just keep the. I mean, whether I'm, I'm still of the thinking that you probably want to reduce the Pro 12 rather than grow the Pro 12, just in terms of quality, because there still is too many dead rubbers. There at is the, at the moment, um, but money is king, especially at the moment. And if South Africa can bring a lot of cash to the table, especially if they can get Super Sport on board, then I struggle to see how the unions would probably say no to it. Yeah. It's going to be very interesting to see. I think the proposals that were in the Telegraph sort of said that basically there wouldn't, still wouldn't be any games with South African teams until 2021. So the new Pro 14 yeah. season would start with another round of local derbies. Yeah. Which oh, is yeah. basically all we've watched for months now. <laughs> yeah, the Pro, Pro 14 saw like how well local derbies were going down in New Zealand and they were like, let's do that. However, realising that in Scotland, Italy, we've only got one. <laughs> we've only got one. It's fairly repetitive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we will keep an eye on that and um, see whether we will be welcoming four South African teams to a pro 17 next year. Yeah. Be interesting. Um, news coming out of Glasgow this week. Um, Adam Ash and um, Charlie Capps both um, leaving the club. Adam Ash after eight years. I think Charlie Capps had been there maybe just for the last 
season. Yeah. Ash, you know, at one point was the sort of the next great hope of Scottish rugby when he broke onto the scene as a very young man. But I think it's fair to say his career sort of dipped from that point, particularly over the last couple of years. And you were looking at it. He seems to have left early. So he definitely signed a new contract um, in sort of early 2019 that from the from the press release and from the kind of the news articles at the time said that it was till 2021. So that so it appears he had a contract till 2021. And in his comments within the um, the leaving press release, he's talking about, you know, he's still got his best year. He believes he's still got his best years ahead of him. So he, it sounds to, uh, to me that he's looking for a new team. He's not leaving to pursue his various other outside interests. Yeah, it's interesting because obviously he does have other outside interests. He's got his CBD company, yeah. which I assume does okay. I have no idea. Um, but it's interesting. Obviously, Glasgow, when they've released it on their website, have very much... Um, framed it as Ash is leaving to do new some take on new opportunities, which yeah. makes it sound like he is leaving to do something outside of rugby. However, in Ash's comments, he says, "I feel like I've still got some of the best years ahead of me," which makes me, which I feel like you wouldn't say if you were planning to leave rugby. I know yeah. generally, I'm sure he does have his best years ahead of him, but yeah, he's only specific- what twenty twenty seven, twenty seven. Yeah, but in that specific context. It feels like an odd thing to say if you're not planning to stay in rugby. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, 27, as you say, he's probably got at least another three very good years ahead of him and then probably a couple on top of that as he sort of t- tails off. Yeah. And it, the- I guess it feels weird because it, it feels like in the current climate, both rugby and economically, it's a strange time to actively leave a role. Yeah. You know, like there ain't a lot of rugby contracts going around. No, there's not. So, and you know, we've seen that with people like Rory Hughes. Mm-hmm. So it's, it'd be interesting. I wonder, I've got a feeling it's maybe not the last we've heard of it. I'm almost convinced there's going to be a Jamie Lyle article in two weeks' time with Adam Ash. A tell-all piece yeah. in, um, on Rugby Pass. Just the final kick into Rennie's gut. <laughs> well, exactly. This is the final sort of exocet to yeah. um, end Rennie's time in Scotland. It'll <laughs> <laughs> be very, very interesting to follow, and we will. But wishing best of luck to both of the lads as they leave. Um, and just one last mention, not really news, but Chris Harris and Rory Hutchison at Gloucester and Northampton, respectively, um, had very good games at the weekend. Harris has looked very good, in particular since the return of rugby, um, both making the Telegraph's team of the week, which you don't often see a lot of Scots in. No, you don't. And then obviously both had uh, Hogg and um, Grable starting for Exeter when they absolutely demolished Worcester at the weekend. Yeah. Hogg was looking pretty... Sh- Hogg and Noel seem to be sort of working quite well together. Nice little sort of combo. Yeah. Um, so no. Hogg, Hogg just looks in the best physical condition I've seen him in... F- Probably ever, actually. Oh, 100%. And actually, to be fair, I think in that first half, I think Johnny Hill, who was the other second row, took a lot of the plaudits because I think he got a first half hat trick. But I watched quite a lot of that game. And I, I would say that I think Johnny Gray, both in terms of attack and defence, just looked to be kind of ramping up that mm. aggression. Like, especially in attack, was getting over the game line and doing a lot of offloads, which I know he, he had to a bit, but it, it was quite noticeable. Yeah. So... Already, hopefully, that's looking like it's the move we all hoped it would be. And Sam Hidalgo-Klein um, has played 
one one star, one man of the match, one try for Exeter. I know, unreal. As the SRU's official feeder team in the Premiership, <laughs> Exeter, Exeter are looking very, very good. Literally the best feeder team you could ever have. I know, it's amazing. <laughs> but I mean, like Townsend will be loving that. Yeah. Because oh. you know a place like Exeter under Rod Baxter, your players are going to get looked after well. They're going to yes. be playing rugby at the very top of it. And like a guy like Sam Hidalgo Klein has still got something to offer, I think. Yeah, the thing like, especially for a scrum half, that's got to be like the best gig, maybe outside of Leinster yeah. in the UK. Just got like, the your forwards are just giving you the easiest ride of your life. So good. Yeah. So, so good. Okay. Um, well, speaking about impressive forward packs, should we look ahead to um, Edinburgh's big, I, can't, I keep calling it the big semi. But the big, to, the big semi. <laughs> probably need to stop <laughs> referring it to it as the big semi. But, um, Don't think there'll be much confusion in your house. <laughs> oh, very, very good. <laughs> <laughs> um, Edinburgh have announced their team for the semi-final against Ulster on um, Saturday night at Murrayfield. I will run through it now. So Blair Kinghorn at 15, Darcy Graham um, and Duhan on the wings. Centre partnership of the Sweet Prince, Chris Dean and Mark Bennett. Um, Nick Groom and Jaco van der Waal at 9 and 10. Um, how about this for a pack, though? Sutherland, McAnally, Nell, Toulis, Gilchrist, Bradbury, Watson, and Mata. But then with Skumen, Bergen, and Ritchie all ready to come off the bench. And Willemser, if and you need to. Like, and Andrew Davidson, looks or he's, a, he's a decent person to bring. He's a young lad. No, He'll it, want to get absolutely stuck in as well. Agreed. It's, um, it's, an, exciting, it's an exciting team. And, you know, it's if that... We all know that's kind of how strong Edinburgh's pack is. Yeah. But I do think, and I was kind of looking at it a bit man for man against Ulster, it does feel like a cross. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. All three kind of front row, second row, and back row, I do feel like Edinburgh have just got that edge and just got a little bit more about them. Yeah, I think I think you're absolutely right, particularly in the pack. I think yeah, we were talking about it. We were doing our usual homework as to who the props are, and um, the Ulster lads. We don't know. Too, I don't know too much about them, but they're quite young, fairly inexperienced. Yeah, going up against Nell and Sutherland. I mean, Sutherland. You know, he's been around, but he's in you know red hot form, and Nell is an old, gnarled, scrummaging bastard oh. with like fifty caps for Scotland, like. Going up against like a young lad, it could be you. You would think Edinburgh are going to have the upper hand there. Hundred percent. It's um, no. I, I think it's interesting, kind of with that Bradbury and Watson up against kind of Jordy Murphy and Katsia. I think if there's one place in the Ulster back row that sort of screams out quality, it's kind of at seven and eight. It 
it feels like Bradbury is someone who should be able to manage Kitsia, especially kind of those kind of barnstorming runs. Yeah. And you'd like to think that Watson's in the sort of form now where he is at 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 a minimum at the same level as Jordy Murphy. But you know, recently, especially around the breakdown, he's been looking on red hot form. And if again, if I feel like I'm sort of digging my own grave, but it feels like Watson that back row should quite easily be able to sort of tackle that 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 back row at the breakdown. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just looking at the looking at the press release to see if there's anything that stands out. Um, 150 um, club appearances up for Grant Gilchrist. Did you see the before and after of Grant Gilchrist? Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, <laughs> looks so fresh faced, but yeah, also kind of looked the same. Yeah, there, there wasn't like a huge difference. No, but it's... he is. He, I, I thought maybe it was just good photos, but I thought he was looking in physically looking in good nick. No, absolutely. I think he's maybe I don't know if he's lost a few pounds or something like that, but he looks like quite he looks like he's in really good condition at the moment. And that partnership of Toulouse and um Gilchrist is obviously we've had it for Scotland a number of times. It's it's very well settled at Edinburgh as well. And just behind that front row as well, it's such a solid front five. Yeah, one one hundred percent. Do you think that um what do you think about that nine ten battle? I would say that Cooney and Burns, there's a chance you could say that's a better partnership than Groom and Vandervall. I think 100%. I think Cooney is almost the form nine in in Europe in Europe at yeah. the moment. And but probably plays has a more similar game to Groom than someone like Pergos. Yeah. So it's just uh, and and likes to sort of play that sort of quick game. I think again with all these things it's, it's probably going to be Edinburgh trying to slow the pace down trying to make sure that they kind of get into a bit of an arm wrestle, just get Jacko and Blair kind of kicking the corners mm. and sort of taking their points when they can. And I think if Edinburgh can kind of stamp their kind of identity on the match and just kind of nullify, to your point, that Cooney-Burns mm-hmm. kind of axis, they should have a relatively easy time. Well, the bookie, bookies are making them six-point favourites. Does that... Yeah. Ring true to what you're feeling? I probably shouldn't say easy time. That feels easy a, time. that feels a little bit. Um, I mean, Ulster have lost both of their games since um, lockdown against Connor, and well, fair play, they lost to Leinster. Yes, um, but they haven't lost. They haven't won either of these games, and in both of those games, they've gotten off to very slow starts. So they've yeah. gone down by ten points at least to both of those sides. So I think if Edinburgh can. When Edinburgh in the first game against Glasgow, they came firing out the blocks and got sort of nine points up. Yeah. You'd think that we wanted to sort of replicate that. It's interesting with Ulster as well, because I remember semi-final last year, Glasgow just blew them out of the park in the first 40 minutes. Yeah, completely. An absolute cruise, cruise through that match. So clearly it's something that they have a bit of an issue with. It's, um, but yeah, it's, and it'd be interesting I guess centre-wise, you know, obviously Stuart McCluskey is like a relatively sort of experienced yeah. operator, hits the line hard, but you'd think that sort of Christine is someone who should be able to manage that. Mm-hmm. And then also I've got this guy, James Hume, who on outside centre, who is young as well. Yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. 21, sort of low teen, teens of caps. And the way Mark Bennett was looking two weeks ago, I think, you know, I would generally first up either have Bennett just attacking the 13 channel mm-hmm. or get someone like Duhan coming in off his wing. Exactly, just, yeah. Just focus that in straight up and see see how he manages it. Because um, the, only, the only issue from what we were saying about kicking is obviously Stockdale's at 15. 
Yes, and he is very good. He is literally awesome. He is really, really good. <laughs> the um, but no, I, I think on your point about Mark Bennett, I think both Bennett and Dean have had pretty decent games for Edinburgh since the um, since the return. Yeah. Um, I think that's a pretty solid... It's a fairly slight partnership. It's not the biggest centre partnership in world rugby, but they're both... Um, and they've, they've played together a few times now, so I'm feeling quite good at, about that. And I think if... to what I agree with you that Edinburgh will want to stamp their mark on the game. They'll want to make it a bit of an arm wrestle. But you do hope they manage to get the ball out to that back three at some stage. Because I think if you've got Doohan, you've got Darcy Graham, and you've got Kinghorn. I mean, Kinghorn's looked fantastic since the break. Um, yes. And Doohan is Doohan. And we know what Darcy Graham can do. So it feels like if they can they can break the game down a bit and give a little bit of space to that back three, Edinburgh feels like they still have the upper hand in that area as well. Without a doubt. I mean, Doohan's up against there's Lewis Luddick, who, whilst a fellow Safa born player, but he's like quite slight. Yeah. Not, not the biggest guy in the world and also not the quickest. He plays a lot of fullback as well. Mm-hmm. Again, it does feel if you can get Duhan into a one-on-one position, you know, Duhan's going to back himself nine yes. out, like every day of the week, right? Mm-hmm. Especially against someone of that size and speed. So it'd be, it's just sort of, again, I think creating those, playing the game in the right way, but creating those opportunities to get people like Bennett and Duhan and Darcy, those one-on-one opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm just looking at the um, at the replacements list. Obviously, we've touched on Edinburgh's reinforcements on the in the pack on the bench, which we saw used to such great effect against Glasgow, particularly in that first um, 1872 Cup game. But if somebody in the back does go down early, you know, Charlie Shield, Nathan Chamberlain, George Taylor, it's three guys that are all pretty green. I mean, all very, very talented blokes, but they're pretty green. And if, you know, somebody goes down early um, and it's semi-final rugby and say Nathan Chamberlain has to play 75 minutes, that, you, is, a, that is a big ask. Do you think if Jacko goes down after five minutes, they bring Chamberlain on? They wouldn't bring like Blair Kinghorn in at 10 or anything? Kinghorn at 10, it's time. The King, step up. He's played, played 10 back in the day, but... But, I mean, he played at 10 for Scotland under 20, so why not play Chamberlain, <laughs> who is the, the sort of the incumbent Scotland under 20s 10? Well, I guess because Blair Kinghorn's got 90 caps. Right yeah, I suppose. <laughs> but, no, no, I, I do I do know what you mean. I guess it's, it's a difficult one, because you're right. You probably wouldn't put Chamberlain there unless you're going to put him on if Jackal goes down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't look great. Last week, he didn't get a lot of balls. No, fair. he didn't. It's if I mean, if Jacko goes down, the it's, it feels like we're definitely losing that six point <laughs> bookies margin. Right? I think the six point bookies margin gets wiped out. Yeah. Um, I just think if I look at this squad, I think what are the potential areas that oh knows that could happen? I just think if if Jacko van der Vaart is to go down early. And Chamberlain has to go in and play a, lo- a lot of minutes. We'd feel a little bit more comfortable with Chamberlain coming on, potentially with Pergos at nine. Yes. and Because Pergos has got such a good box kick and he could just sort of control the thing from there. Yeah. Or even if, I know he's not there anymore, you had Matt Scott at 12. Uh, whilst mm. Christine's improved his distribution, having a 12 who 
can maybe slightly more easily sort of step in and take that responsibility. Yeah. Just gives you on both. Whereas if you have, you know, Nick Groom's experienced, but potentially is a little bit more manic than a Pergos. Pergos is someone who clearly is a very natural leader Mm -hmm. and knows when to slow it down. And, and it just feels like probably would be a better fit to a Chamberlain. Well, that's not an option, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, we are talking about things that will hopefully not happen. We're talking about very early injuries yes to to players i mean on paper that starting 15 is i think edinburgh definitely have the upper hand over ulster and i just think i guess the only the only other unknown is how those players are going to react to you know knockout rugby this is the first time they've been here for ever yeah pro 14 and i guess you've not got you know a normal semi-final at murrayfield you would hope that you probably get like 25 30 thousand through the door yeah you get a big turnout yeah i've said You've not got that, and I don't know whether that will make it. I imagine it wouldn't make it any worse for Ulster. If anything, that's on, there's only upside there. Yeah, and if anything, I wonder for the young guys whether it feels less like a playoff game just because you just not got that crowd. Yeah, well, I think also I think there is there is experience in that Edinburgh team. I mean, if you talk about the number of Scotland caps throughout that team, it's very very high yeah and players like nick, nick groom have been around the, been around the world a few times he knows what he's doing like yeah i guess it just is the unknown of knockout rugby and how people are gonna um how people are gonna react to that because this is a this is a big moment for edinburgh as part of their sort of rebuild that's been going on underneath cockers for the last three years like this is by far the furthest they've come and it's it's a massive moment 100 percent. i mean cockerel's continuing to try and play down expectations yeah as much as possible but everyone knows that i think now if anyone don't make the final it's you know it's a pretty big disappointment it'll be a big disappointment i think we'll end up losing the final everyone's like yeah whatever it's leinster leinster yeah (laughs) you know we need another year but i think if we lose i think but for both coaches right dan mcfarland yeah absolutely on the other side they had semi-final last year got pumped they in terms of the progression, will be looking to make that final, and we'll probably believe that they can. Yeah, I mean, for them, they're probably mad. They're mad happy that they're playing us, probably rather than Munster. Maybe not mad happy. Sorry, that's too much. But I reckon they're maybe a bit happy. They've historically got a good record against Edinburgh. Yeah, as you were saying before we started recording, for Edinburgh, getting Ulster is probably the best draw versus getting Leinster or Munster in the semi. Yes, but Ulster probably you're right. Ulster probably feel the same. Yeah. They're happy to avoid an all-Ireland clash for a weekend. No, exactly. And I think there is a... I, I, I was, can't remember off the top of my head, but I know Ulster historically have had a relatively good record, both at Murrayfield mm. and um, and against Edinburgh in general. And I think, if I remember correctly, the last time they played last year at Murrayfield, uh, Ulster actually beat Edinburgh. So, no, be interesting. Yeah, it's been an interesting game. As I said, all, th- all things play out as we hope. You'd expect Edinburgh to win. I think you would. What do you What do you think is going to happen? Have you Have you bitten the bookies' hand off at, um, with the six point handicap? Can't Can't go back to Betfair after they screwed me over. Oh yeah, you never got your money back for the, got the Glasgow em- to win the Pro Fourteen, did you? It's got an email saying that like they were saying like the 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 competition model hadn't changed enough for them to void the bets. It's changed quite a lot. It did change quite a lot, but then you're kind of like, who do I? I'm not going to like 
the financial ombudsman. Ombudsman. <laughs> ombudsman, am I? Like, <laughs> complain about Betfair not refusing to give me my money back. I don't know what my sort of line of inquiry is there. So it's uh, I just had to sort of take it on the chin and yeah. op- open an account with Sky Bet. So there you go. <laughs> take, take that. They'll be feeling that, won't they? <laughs> Um, you were talking about the stat and I knew that Kevin Miller, of course, had tweeted something about it. That's at top of the moon GW on uh, Twitter. He said, after securing a home semi against Ulster, a stat for Edinburgh rugby fans to ponder in the Richard Cockerell era, the club has played 32 regular season uh, matches at Murrayfield and lost only three of them. Two of those defeats have come to Ulster. Really? I mean, both those stats are class. <laughs> yeah. Both those stats are amazing. Fortress Murrayfield. Jesus Christ. That's so 32 regular season games. That's Pro 14 plus Europe matches at Murrayfield, and they've lost three. That's incredible. Two of them are Ulster, though. <laughs> so Ulster know what they're doing when they come, when they come to Edinburgh. I know. So, I mean, it's, it's a tasty one. I, I do think Edinburgh will scrape through, but I think it will be a very cagey affair. I think um, but Edinburgh's quality off the bench will tell, as it did in the second half against Glasgow two weeks ago. Yes. I just think the ability to just... Bring, take off your whole front row and bring on Bergen, Schumann and Willemser and just be like, off you go, lads. Yeah, yeah. I just don't think, even though um, Ulster have got Jack McGrath on the um, have got Jack McGrath on the bench, they're just not of that same quality. To be able to change, and then Richie on the back row as well. Yeah, no, 100%. Like, who's been pretty much touted as a lion and things like that. The quality that Edinburgh have got to bring off on the bench on the pack is... I think is going to be enough for them. Agreed. No, I think... Edinburgh by three. Edinburgh by three. I think it'll be quite tight. I think it's going to be tight at half-time, and then Edinburgh are going to take out about a 10-point win. So I'm going to go with a sort of 23-13. Lovely. Well, I'd bite your hand off for it. I'm sure Edinburgh would as well. Um, Well, we'll be back next week. I think it'll probably just be you and Matt. I'm heading off on my halls. Yeah. Nice. Who knows what's going to get quarantined next week, though. So um, <laughs> we will see if I do eventually leave. It's like Tyree and Isla get. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, they're just like cutting off the Hebrides one by one. Yeah. They're just like, you're not allowed to go there. Um, but Matt and Alan will be back to talk about that. And um, please, we will be tweeting during the semi tomorrow. So that'll be on Twitter at Thistle Rugby Pod. And then we will be breaking it down in the newsletter which will be in your inbox is 8 a.m. on Monday morning. So get on there and subscribe. Um, so it's Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast.substack.com. Or if you just type Substack Thistle Rugby Podcast into Google, you will find it. You can subscribe there. Join the thousands of others that are getting our ramblings in their inbox every morning. Uh, come on, Edinburgh. We're all behind you. Let's do it. See ya. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.